big warm welcome to you. This is the Aware Parenting Podcast with Lael Stone and Marion Rose, PhD. We have juicy conversations about things that matter in parenting and life. We're exploring all that Aware Parenting has to offer from many different angles, and we are so glad that you're here. Hello and a big warm welcome to you. This is Marion Rose. And I'm Lael Stone. And today we are going to be talking about raising men. And we're going to come at that from many different angles because when we were talking about recording this podcast, we were starting off with let's talk about what's going on in the world in terms of, well, at the moment, the Amazon um, fires. And then we went into the whole climate and politics and corporations and men and parenting and then we thought well let's let's actually just talk about boys raising boys raising men and Mm. how our parenting is so important in terms of the bigger picture the society the culture the planet so we're gonna we're gonna be talking about a lot of different things around but really a lot about about boys and men and feelings and aware parenting Mm, I love I love that we started off with (laughs) my god the planet's in crisis and then when we we were bringing it back down to well you know what is the answer here and the answer is this generation that we're raising and you know to to raise them in a way where that is not their default to act out of aggression where it is not their default to act with harm to want to rob people the planet all those things because it's very much it doesn't feel in alignment with themselves it doesn't feel good you know we know that when people feel connected to themselves they don't want to hurt others so you know i, I mean i just see so much of the pain that is happening in a bigger picture on the planet in the world is such a reflection of that inner pain of a lot of people and so you know we we always come back to well what what can we do about this and you know i i absolutely i know we both agree that the way we raise our children has a massive impact on the world, you know, and this is why I guess we both love aware parenting so much because this is what is going to bring the change, you know, to people, to families, to the world. Yes. (laughs) I do have, we get a lot of messages, which kind of sound funny, but people are going, wow, this is really changing the world. And I kind of love, oh yeah, yeah. But actually, you know what, you know, in our little, little part in Australia here, us talking about this more and more and more and, and reaching other people is a good thing because, you know, the more that we deal with our pains, our stories, you know, the less we pass on to our children, the freer they are to be who they need to be. And I think that's what we're going to see big healing. Yes. And, you know, I really um, love the work of people like um, Robin Grill and Lloyd DeMales who, who talked about how, how consciousness and, and parenting and culture are so intertwined. And I think in our, in our modern culture still, we, we tend to really, not us, we, but in general, parenting is really devalued. It's not seen as important, is it? It's seen as one of the, the, mo- the, the least valuable things uh, that we can do as adults. But if we actually see that it's probably exactly the opposite, that how mm. we treat, what well, I've been quoting Pam Leo a lot this week, that she said, mm. how we treat the child, the child treats the world. To really see mm. that how we're being with our children as they grow up really has a profound impact on then how they go on to treat themselves, to treat other people, to treat to treat other beings, other non-human beings and, and the wider world. So I mean, that's one of the most powerful things we can do, isn't it? It's really amazing. Mm-hmm. And I think we wanted to talk about this because 
you know, as you said, a lot of the aggression that is happening at the moment is more male related. And we, when we look at violence against women, and I, I know that that can go both ways, but statistics, you know, speak a lot around a lot of where the war, the aggression, the violence comes from. And, you know, I know we both agree on this. We just see a lot of wounded men, you know, who are acting out because of what has been done to them. And I'll just flag that we we're talking about men and we're talking about boys and, and I know it's sounding very heteronormative when we're going to now talk about relationship and, and male and female. So we really just want to flag that it's anybody who identifies as male and we know in some same-sex relationships or in different roles, you know, that for some people they do identify as that. So I just want to flag that, you know, we are talking more about the masculine energy here more so than gender within this. Yes. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and I really appreciate you saying that, Lyle. And and I think also what you're what you're bringing up here as well is what I love and what we love both love about aware parenting is really this very different paradigm of human beings, isn't it? It's not just a parenting paradigm; it's actually a way of perceiving human beings. And I think one mm-hmm. of that biggest pieces is rather than thinking of aggression as just something that is natural and normal for all humans to be and particularly boys and men you know that men are just aggressive boys are just aggressive that's part of this this mainstream culture Mm. but really from an aware parenting perspective we really really see in very clear ways that aggression isn't just an inherent aspect of being human that aggression Mm. happens because of certain things happening and not happening and that we can bring up children in compassionate ways without using punishments and rewards and shaming and and all of those harsh things we can help them grow up we can bring them up without them being aggressive and particularly for boys I think that's so important to really know that there are really tangible practical things we can do in our parenting so that Mm. boy boys are not aggressive and that they grow up into men who do not need to use power over other men, women, children, the planet, animals, whoever it is. So, you know, I think it's an amazing thing that it has both this bigger picture perspective of why aggression happens, but also really tangible, practical things we can do as parents to help our children if aggression is showing up and helping our children so that they don't uh, act out in those aggressive ways. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I must admit, um, when my son, you know, who's 19 now, was moving through those teenage years and yes. he was having big surges of testosterone yes. and you know, he was wanting to be more physical, you know, he's wanting to like wrestle or kind of punch on with my husband, like, you know, yep. in a fun way, but yes. prove his strength. And, yes. and, you know, as he was growing, he was really, you know, using, wanting to use his body and find his strength, which is very, very different to aggression. And I'm, yes. I have such a distinct memory. I don't know if I've spoken about this. You know, we tell so many stories. I don't know what I've said or not, but... <laughs> I remember him once saying to me, oh, he loves playing futsal, he's a soccer player, he's like, can you take me and my mates to go and play in this, this futsal comp? And it was a Sunday night and it was like 8.30, it was winter, and I was like, oh, God, I don't want to go. <laughs> in the courts and watch him play, you know, I was like, oh, but for some reason no other parent wants to take him. So I was like, I'll take you because I'm always very, you know, encouraging if they want to play sport or move their body. So I was like, yeah, I'll take you. And they, there was a group of, so on his team, there was like five or six mates and they were all 14-year-old boys and they were playing against like 21, 22-year-old men. And so, you know, the size difference was huge. I mean, the young boys were actually faster, but they were, you know, it was rough as. And I was sitting there thinking, oh, my God, these guys are going to pummel. 
But what I witnessed for that whole time they were playing was amazing because here was this incredibly safe environment for them to use their bodies. They were slamming into each other. And when one of them would get knocked over, whoever it was, whether they're on the opposite team or not, would, would help them up, you know, tap them on the back, sorry, mate. Like it was this really healthy expression of physicalness of you know um oh, it was amazing just to witness right and and as a female that's just i would find that just the last thing i'd want to do slamming <laughs> around and, and they were swearing and they were smashing each other <laughs> they were laughing and they were yes. loving it they were using their bodies and after the game they all thank each other they hugged and you know and then i took like four sweaty boys home in the car with, <laughs> Really smelly. Um, but they were laughing and talking about the game, breaking it down, talking, oh, you saw that guy. It was just, it was like the most healthy expression of using their bodies and using that kind of massive testosterone surge in a really healthy way. Yes. And it was really fascinating for me to just sit and witness that because, you know, I kind of grew up in a household where there wasn't a lot of anger. A lot of stuff was repressed. Yes. Whenever there was anger, I found it really scary and really ter- terrifying. And I'd never really had like a healthy imprint of what, you know, what that could look like, you know, yes. what what anger may look like or what big feelings may look like in an embodied man or, you know, in a boy that was owning it. Yes. That was, was an amazing experience. And I remember um, thinking you know, how magnificent sport can be Yes. Um, but for all of us, but particularly I think when, but going through those teen and tween years where their bodies are changing and they, they need to be physical, there's got to be a safe way for them to take risks and to yes. use their bodies in ways that doesn't mean they're going to, you know, jump off the roof into the pool or something like that. You know, they're going to find healthy ways to take risks and use their bodies. And and I, I remember actually reading in Dan Siegel's book, um, Brainstorm, um, I think it's called brainstorm. My brain's offline. Anyway, <laughs> your brain's having a brainstorm. <laughs> uh, he talks about it a lot. About you know this this the change in the brain of really particularly in those teen years of of needing novelty, of taking yes. risks, of needing greater dopamine hits by doing things that create greater excitement. If we can give our kids opportunities to do it in a safe way, so sport is brilliant, theatre is is fantastic you know graffiti can be really amazing if it's allowed like you know ways where they can actually use their skills and talents in a way where they're going to be pushed to the edges but is in more of a safe container so that they then don't go and do those really really dangerous behaviors because they're looking for that hit and that really really resonated with me as a parent that i kept wanting to give my son opportunities to use his body to find that real masculine edge in a way that was really safe um, and if things you liked. And I found it was really, um, yeah, it was really helpful to understand that. I really recommend that book actually for anybody who's um, who's raising, you know, teenagers and particularly boys. There's some great insights in there. Mm, beautiful. That really connects me, Leah, with some similar things, talking both in terms of adults but also younger children. So in uh, the way I like to see it, and I love how you've spoken to that, is there's a real difference between our natural body energy of frustration and, and outrage so that we have that, that real clear energy that we may have that is really healthy, normal, natural energy. And, and that's for me, you know, I have a passion about words. For me, I, I differentiate that to, to anger. So I, when, I call, when I talk about anger, it's different. I just have a different way of talking about it. For me, anger is more when we are 
you know, blaming the other person or we're angry at that person or we're, you know, it's really about the other person. And it's actually more of a thinky thing. Whereas I see that the, the, the natural kind of frustration and body energy as well. And just as you're talking about that beautiful life energy is really normal and natural. And let's start with children when, when it's more younger children that really differentiating. And I love how Aletha sort of talks about this, uh, for example, in her book, Tears and Tantrums. There's a real difference between a, a healthy tantrum, which is a child's expression of normal natural feelings of overwhelm powerlessness frustration they're coming out and they're it's that big big feeling and that big expression it's not hurting anybody it's a simple like it's a rah, that big rah and that is very different from uh, aggression so that would be hitting or biting or pushing or throwing or taking it's a really really different thing and the paradox is the more we get to we listen to a, a child's feelings and with and boys and girls here the more we listen to that beautiful natural healthy expression of frustration and outrage and it comes out in those really clear healthy ways the less likely that those feelings accumulate and accumulate and then will come out in aggression and what I love is that we can really make that change in ourselves to, to really um, also do our inner reparenting. And I find it so incredibly helpful for myself is to really differentiate those two energies. And so for adults, um, the aggression may not be a physical aggression. It may not be hitting, but it may be using power over. It may be blaming. It may be, you know, I'm really angry at that person. They have done something. They caused it. You know, it's a, that that kind of quality that I call I call anger to me is that kind of blamey I know you're talking about anger in a different way but that's how I differentiate the two I call anger is like the kind of blamey like uh, emotional aggression compared mm. to that really natural normal healthy expression that we can really learn to love in ourselves and listen to in ourselves mm. which is the frustration and the outrage yeah. and the you know that, that we may have we have a, may have a big no and you may have that at the moment around what's happening in the with the planet you may have a big no i am not willing for this to happen and that is mm. such a different expression from that person is it's very very different and i'm really passionate about us really clearly differentiating these two both in ourselves but also for our children so that we can really hear those beautiful natural healthy feelings so that they can get to express them so that and that's the key actually in terms of what we were talking about to help children so that they do not go into aggression mm. because the more we can accept and love their tantrums their frustration their outrage listen to those feelings that the less likely those accumulate and accumulate and end up turning into aggression and that's mm. of course what we need for boys and men we we need lovely boys growing up into men who do not have so much accumulated powerlessness yes. frustration outrage that's then coming out in all this power over whether it's power over you know, women the planet whatever it is that those are unexpressed feelings of powerlessness and frustration outrage and yes. hurt and overwhelm and not being understood not being respected all of that stuff yes such important <laughs> work so important. I had this beautiful, um, I had a web printing workshop yesterday and so I had lots of couples there and this beautiful couple who were really like, yes, we want to change some stuff in our family. And, yes. and the father came up to me afterwards and he said, should I just go home and tell my kids what we've done today and what we're going to change? And I was like, you can do that. You know, or you could ask them, you know, what doesn't feel good in the family, what they wish looked different. Yes. And he said, 
what really should I do? And I said, go home and and be vulnerable and cry and <laughs> and talk, scared about things and talk about things that you've tried and failed at. And I said, model what you want them to be. They can't be it if they can't see it. And yes. and I was like, it is about the listening, but what would it be like if you were to own that first? And he just looked at me like, oh, my God, that's just so hard. And I go, <laughs> I know that it's really hard. You don't have to do it all at once, but maybe just start with what would it be like for them to see vulnerable you? Because he had sons, right? And he's yes. like, I, I want my sons to grow up and, and be kind and aware and connected on those things. And I was like, so, you know, be that and yeah. show them that and show them it's okay to express that. Because I just, I know we both, we see this so much in so many of the people we work with, you know, men have an even bigger barrier when it comes to expressing themselves because there is still that cultural thing around men can't be vulnerable, they can't cry, they can't express feelings. There is still such a strong cultural belief system around that that, you know, that it's even harder for them to express how they're feeling because it's been shut down even more. Yes. And then they've got a culture piece on top of that. So, you know, I just think it's, I think my my offering to men if you have children is let them see you cry. Let them let them see you be vulnerable. Let them see that that's actually okay, and you know you are still okay if you do that. Because I think that is so such a powerful thing for children to witness. And you know, obviously, the more they are heard, our, our fathers are heard, the more than they are able to hear their kids as well. But yes. for me, I've, I've met a lot of couples and a lot of men who, you know, ha- have never cried yep. in front of you know, yep. and you know, even their partners have never seen them cry. Yes. So, you know, I really do feel for that that extra level of suppression that often can happen, particularly for boys as well when they're little. Yes, yeah, and I think it's so important you're bringing in this piece. And I think often I also see, uh, and I, I know you do too, is that for dads often what I see the difficult time often comes when the child, and particularly if it's a boy, is around two, two three, sometimes four, mm-hmm. and they are doing things, maybe, you know, whether it's – whatever the thing is, they're doing something that the, the dad doesn't want them to do. And I often find that that is often the most tricky time for dads to not go into power over. And I think often it's uh, because boys growing up, in, and particularly in the past generations, often did have much more harsh responses, more likely to be punished and shamed. And I think, yes. I think for dads, it, it's such that big journey to really do that in our reparenting and and actually acknowledge that that really wasn't helpful for them as boys and mm-hmm. and again what i love about aware parenting is this is not permissive parenting this isn't you know if your child's hitting or taking or jumping on the table with <laughs> at the dinner table and the dinner's all over the table this isn't like oh yes darling okay just do that this is <laughs> this is about loving limits so it's really mm-hmm. about finding ways to have it's really a new paradigm of power, isn't it? Because it's power with, and again, mm-hmm. these really tangible ways that, that as dads and as mums to actually be able to say, I'm not willing for you to do that, sweetheart. And I'm here and I'm listening rather than these harsh limits, the, the power over the aggression, the punishment, the mm-hmm. shaming, the sending to the room, the timer, all those old fashioned power over strategies mm-hmm. that have been used for generation upon generation and just 
just lead to more powerlessness, more pain, then gets passed down and passed down. So I think, you know, it is a really big ask for, for men and dads at the, at the moment, isn't it, to really to be shifting some big things intergenerationally. And so often when I hear the fear that comes up, if I don't discipline them, yes. is that they will become entitled and they will get away with everything and they will be rude. And, yes. you know, there's that, that great fear that if I don't, show them who's boss you know then then they're going to end up like this and i don't want that for my child you know yes. but and it's easy because it's still such an unknown place exactly as you're saying is what does power with look like i yes. love that That's yes Yes. What if we were really centered in ourselves and we can see what's actually happening in front of us with our child and we we see that actually it's our child saying can you help me yes. can you help me please and what i need is for you to be really centered and calm so that I can actually move what's going on for me and help myself come back into balance. That's that's what we're seeing there. Yes. But, of course, as we talk about in so many of our podcasts, it's really tricky to do when we've got so much of our own stuff on board, when, yes. when straight away that taps us into our own feelings of powerlessness, when it taps us into how we would have been dealt with when we were younger. You know, all those things, those connections which can just, you know, make us be so reactive in, in that moment. It's very yes. it's Tricky, you know, and yes. I just, oh, I just said it. So people, you know, we have just we say this yes. every time. So much compassion. So much compassion. Yes, we are all we are all just walking around with our levels of story and trauma of trying to interact with each other. And you know, we it changes when we when we're willing to do the work and when we are super gentle with ourselves for yes. the stories that we have journeyed. Yes. Yeah, that's where the change happens, doesn't it? So it does, but it, and it? it's so understandable. And again, it's yeah. I say to everybody I work with, you know, how you're responding makes complete sense. Of course, it makes sense. You know, that is what what is raised within you all of a sudden when you're seeing the situation in front of you. Yeah. But what what would it look like if we actually understood that and unpacked it and did some work around it and listened to it and all those beautiful processes that you talk about Marion to actually heal that part of us so we can turn up for our child you know and I, I just think we you know we obviously I mean you and I both would agree with this we get far more women coming to our work than we do yes. men yeah. and you know I think women can move into the feeling space a lot more comfortably because you know they have you know it, it, women naturally do share with each other and they're more likely to cry with each other but for men you know it's still such an unknown space and you know yes. and, and the support isn't necessarily there for men yes. for, with other men to to exactly. be supported in that as well you yeah. know so i really applaud any man that's just willing to even take a look at this and to lean into it a little bit and just to ask those questions because we need you yeah. children yes yes we are imprinting our next generation who's going to hopefully do some really amazing powerful stuff and um we we need to allow them to be the freedom of who they can be in in all aspects of themselves and that comes from being able to to hold space for them to listen to their feelings to to create those really big imprints that we need so they can go forth and do what what the world needs them to do yes yeah uh, as you were speaking, I was remembering that um, when my children's dad and I, we were uh, running a local circle, an aware parenting circle for dads, and we did over quite some time. And, I, and for me, it was such an honor <laughs> to be in a circle with a lot of men. I have done some smaller groups with, with dads, but not ever that big. And to be co-facilitating it with Michael it was really, really profound. And 
And as you said as well, I think that question did come up a lot is that concern. Well, if I'm not being harsh and I'm not using those kind of power over punishment type um, old fashioned ways, they weren't saying old fashioned, I'm saying old fashioned, (laughs) you know, is my child going to be then, you know, disrespectful or, um, you know, just you know keeping on doing those things and so really of course understanding from an aware parenting perspective this new paradigm of human beings that our true nature is loving and compassionate and connected and it's not and it makes total sense doesn't it if you think about it does does harshness make us more loving it doesn't make us more loving does it i mean what helps us be more loving is is compassionate responses and of course loving limits are part of that but uh, yeah, I really, I, I had such, um, it really was such a, a wonderful thing to get to see inside, uh, you know, a group of men, a group of dads meeting and, and sharing what they experience and the different challenges that there often are for dads. That, that really is, as you're saying, there isn't the, often in society that way where they can meet up and it's acceptable for them to share actually what's hard and the pain and the fear and the upset and all of those things. So it's so important, isn't it, to be co-creating a new environment where it's also dads get to talk and speak and share feelings and cry and and yeah. express all the feelings that that you know that oh, we all have, <laughs> whatever yeah, gender I, we are. Totally, I've found this a lot in my work in high schools teaching sex ed yes. and. You know, I I actually do separate the classes into boys and girls because yes. I do find, or anyone who identifies as that, because I find that they are far more willing to ask questions when the the other gender's not there. So I usually do the classes separately. Yes. And um and I feel really comfortable often with the girls' classes because you know I'm a female and I understand the female body and I've had a lot of experience and work within that. So you know that yes. often feels really easy for me yes but I I remember sometimes I've walked into year nine and year 10 classes with groups of boys and you know they're sitting there staring at me and I think they're sitting there right in this height of puberty with all this urges running through their body and here's a middle-aged woman standing in front of me who's going to teach me about sex ed and I it's not lost on me that they're sitting there going yeah whatever right and so I very hard to win them over so I usually you know, I find a really strong point of connection. Yes. But many times I've left those classes feeling this deep sadness because I'm like, this shouldn't be me here talking to these boys. This should yes. be a man. Yeah. This should be a man who is really aware of sexuality and what it's about talking to these boys about what it's like to be healthy in their sexuality and relationships because I'm giving them heaps and heaps of great information, which I feel is better than nothing. Yes. But I've so thought I really really wish there was a man here doing this because they need to hear it from another man because the questions they're asking are amazing yes I just some kind of you know factual information and and kind of break down some myths and all that kind of stuff but I was like to have a man talk to them about pornography about you know how to ask a girl out about what it feels like when you're feeling really aroused and you don't know what to do with that energy all those kind of things I you know I often just thought I really wish there was a man who yes. was here educating these boys because that's what they need. Yeah. So if there's any men listening out there who have done that job, <laughs> in, you can, like, but I, I feel like they need it. And which brings us back to the role model thing, right? Yes. Because our boys need role models. They need role models of what it is to be 
a you know a healthy young man in the world because we need to model it you know we need and and whether that's just listening to their feelings but also how you know children watch everything they watch yes. what we do all yeah. the time and and you know in, and that brings me back to this place here of if you're listening to this going well what do we, what can we do in our own family then it's always the modeling of the behavior that we want to see yes. and especially for dads to be able to respond lovingly, to offer empathy, to hold that space, to also be playful, to all those kind of things, especially in relationship. You know, one of my big things I often talk about in in my sex ed classes with parents is that the imprint around sexuality happens even way before we start talking to our kids about what sex is about because they've been watching you interact with each other. Yeah. So what's that imprint been like? You know, has have they seen you touch each other tenderly? Do they see you speak words of kindness? Do they see you be playful with each other? Like are these things that are being imprinted on our children around what relationship looks like as well? And, again, that speaks volumes in a lot of families because, you know, as adult relationship, if there is a lot of disharmony, if there is no intimacy, if there is no gentle touch, you know, that, that is often what children look at and go, oh, okay, that's what relationship looks like. That's yes. what that's what it is moving forward. And so, we, again, we, you know, I really think so much power is in the imprinting of how we behave as adults and, you know, what, what we then show our children of how that can be. Yes, beautiful. And I think, you know, for me in terms of uh, my children's dad, you know, we've been divorced for eight, nine years now and, and we both worked really hard to make sure that we, um, you know, we worked through all our own stuff, our own feelings around each other and what happened so that we still have really great conversations. So as you know, you've met him and he, he comes around regularly and he, he deliberately comes around and we specifically have conversations with each other and my daughter will often sit with us and just listen and my son will be around and we're deliberately having those conversations and about feelings and about what we're going through and they're really specifically so even though we're not together as partners that they're still seeing those kinds of conversations and you know us Mm. sharing when we're going through things and so Mm. you know even though we we may not have typical families you know whatever family setup you're in it's finding ways how can we how can we share with children? I love how you're talking about that, the modeling of, of feelings. Do you know, I want to share one other thing as well that I find so beautiful is um, my son is 13 now and he has a friend who, he, one of his best friends is 14 and he was also brought up with aware parenting and they're both really comfortable with feeling still and, and crying. And I remember it was probably a couple of years ago now they were playing together and I think I can't remember, Sonny fell over or something and started crying. And he was really happy there. He was just crying away. And, and his friend was there and just put his hand on his shoulder and he's giving him empathy and nodding and listening to his feelings. And I was, it was literally one of those moments. Where I was like, yes, this is so wonderful. So just, just those little moments of actually seeing a new paradigm of, of the masculine that actually expressing feelings is a wonderful thing, whatever you know, the, mm. the tears, the, I, the fear, yeah, the frustrations. I, I, absolutely. I, I also just I want to go back to just one little point because a lot of people um, 
will often ask me in my sex ed class as parents, you know, I'm a single parent and, yes. you know, my kids don't see that modelled, you know, in some way. You've got Obi there barking and I've got Feather here snoring. So we've got, <laughs> I've had some people saying lately, I love hearing Feather snoring in the background of your podcasts. <laughs> We're, just so, it real, aren't we? We're just two mums. <laughs> the, boy, the, boys, the boys are here. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, go back to some parents say I'm a single parent and, you know, I don't have a relationship. And, yes. and again, I, I often say the imprint is, is also about how we talk about ourselves and yes. then how we talk about other people, you know, and, and other, you know, whether it's the opposite sex, how we refer to them or if we have friends, you know, that, that come around, you know, again, about our energy towards that. So children are always watching what that looks like. So even if you are separate, separated from your, you know, your children's other parents, you know, to, if it's possible to not speak badly about them, to, yes. to, you know, again, still model an element of respect, you know, for them, if that's possible. I know it's not always possible, but, but again, children are watching how we respond to those situations as well. So, and and if you know, I, I do work with a lot of mums who perhaps, um, you know, their children don't have much to do with their father. Then then maybe reaching out in some way to uncles or other men in the community that yes. can still be influence on their son is a really good thing in in whatever way that can look like to really call in some support so that they have some good healthy imprinting too again that's where i found um sport can be yes really amazing. i was going to say that whether it's football or martial arts or you know it could be yes. men in all different guises can't it yes. that are offering that yeah because there's some really amazing men who are just such brilliant coaches with young boys. And, you know, my husband worked as a soccer coach for a really long time. And yes. he was so great because he used to say, my job is not just to teach him to play soccer, but it's to be really good young men. Oh. I'll never forget what he did once. Is, um, <laughs> when he had his team, it was the beginning of the season, and he just said there's no teamwork. They're not looking out for each other. They're all just doing their own thing. So at one of the practices, you know, they were meant to come for practice and he said, you have to come and meet me at this park and you have to bring a plate. And they're like, what on earth? And so what he did, he went and bought all this, um, all this food and they basically, he got every, all the boys to cook a barbecue, to make salad. They had to work together to cook a meal together. This was the soccer practice because he wanted them to work together to actually produce something and so they, they were like this is the best soccer practice we've ever had but he got them all to make a meal and then they all ate it together and then they just talked about what it was looking out for each other and I was oh, like that's so great because he was like I really see some of these kids have never had that opportunity yes. never you know yeah. to be part of that or to make something like this and it was a beautiful um that's always stood out for me he's always said as a soccer coach my job is to, to again, to help them be who they need to be as men. And so I'm going to guide them and teach them how to play sport, but it's bigger than that. And I used to just think what a oh, gift so is wonderful. to these boys in the team. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think that's where sport can be really amazing to find some men to act as that guide. And, and it also outside of your immediate family too, that can be a really powerful thing for yes. them to have some other imprints from other people. Yeah, beautiful. I'm also remembering now, I wonder if you um, feel comfortable to share a little bit as well about your son and his girlfriend. I know we talked about in a different podcast, but just as well about how you, about those imprints and how how then young men treat if they're in heterosexual relationships or whoever they're treating 
in in their relationships and some of your you want to share a little bit about that as well yeah well I just you know I've I've watched my son and his girlfriend they've been together for over a year now and the tenderness in the relationship is so beautiful and it's really openly displayed as well and I think you know my husband and I have been together for a long time and have made a point of being really affectionate in front of you know the kids of being very playful we're always really respectful to each other and I think by default I've just I've just watched my son become that you know and and I've often said to my men my men I've often said to my um, you know, thank you for being the most magnificent guide for him because mm. he would, you know, Mike would spend many times talking to him about relationships and talking to him about mm. sex and talking to him about um, just what it, you know, how he feels about things. And, you know, that I just see that is so evident in how my son is in relationship and what he's witched, uh, watched and witnessed. Yes. And, you know, and often, and, and even hearing when he's on the phone to her when they're not together, I'm just like, oh my God, <laughs> take such incredible care of her such incredible care and then they're also really funny and playful it's beautiful like I really I was at one point I was watching to see I was like who's got the power dynamic in this relationship I'm just watching you know as they're working their way through it and I was like actually there just isn't one there is the really meeting of each other because that there's no games that are played within that you know and and of course young and you know it's you know there's there's many years to come now, but just witnessing this kind of first really serious relationship has been really beautiful to watch yeah. in just beauty of it. And and so much of that I really do, you know, I often say to my husband, you just, you have been the most beautiful role model for Kai. You know, because as, and Mike has all these things we're talking about. He's cried in front of Kai, he's mm. expressed, you know, I remember one such really powerful time when my son was deciding about whether he was um, going to continue playing soccer or not. He was playing like semi-professionally. Yes. And he was at this turning point about whether he goes for it or not and he really didn't know what to do. And, and you know, my husband at the same age, it was 17, he had to make the same decision uh, in his life. Wow. And I forget it. We were sitting on my son's bed and um, – and I could see Mike's story was coming up. And Mike just owned his story. He just said, mate, when I was 17, I I chose not to go for it because I was scared. I felt like I was probably going to fail. I might not have been good enough. I got quite a lot of criticism or, or you know, well, kind of guidance slash criticism from his father <laughs> around being a soccer player. The pressure felt too much. And he goes, and I just threw it in because I just thought, I, I just knew that I was probably going to fail and I couldn't deal with it and I've always regretted it. And he sat there and just shared so deeply about his And then he just said to Kai, but I just want you to know that there is no pressure from us. There's, you do what you need to do. This is your choice, your decision. I, I just wanted to express where I had come from yes. and that I love you no matter what you do. And I just, you know, I think you're amazing. It was so beautiful. I just sat there and oh, my God, this is so beautiful. And Kai just sat there and just took it all in and he's like, yeah, yeah, cool. I'm just going to sit with it to see how I feel mm. about what he wants to do. But it was, wow. I mean, it, it wasn't even surprising to me that the exact same thing was playing out, you know, in, when this is what happened to Mike when he was 17 yes. and he played out with son at 17 around the same thing around sport all that kind of stuff like of course we just kind of keep repeating these stories and patterns but it was done in a whole new way with consciousness and awareness and it was it was profound to watch it was so profound it was amazing so so beautiful so beautiful Mm. Mm. 
I feel cool to share a little bit about Sunny. We're talking about suns at the moment, and to go back to that, to this, my apologies about not my hair, the boy feather, and his snoring. <laughs> anyway, um, and that the kind of cultural belief around around young boys in particular, I think there is that idea, you know, boys will be boys, and you know, it's just, you know, they'll just hit each other and they'll just be aggressive. That's kind of how it is, and it is just the testosterone in them. And and I know I've shared this in other podcasts, the the journey that that. Uh, Sonny and I went on but for the first four years of his life we did he did I did lots of listening to feelings and we had the family was all lovely and he was the most gentle soul ever so he wouldn't you know he'd never even he'd never pushed or hit or thrown or anything he was very present very gentle and then when his dad and I split up he went from that beautiful gentleness to hitting and headbutting and you know just so full of big big feelings and so of course from an aware parenting perspective I totally understood that these were the feelings of powerlessness he hadn't got to choose about his dad leaving it was you know big loss big powerlessness and you know from an aware parenting perspective that's one of the biggest causes of aggression if children do not get to express all the feelings around around powerlessness they then will show up in aggression. So for me, it was like a, a really clear, you know, highly scientific experiment with my one subject to see, you know, he was so, so gentle, and then and then the hitting and the and the throwing and not not, not throwing, but hitting and head butting. I don't seem to be able to speak clearly at the moment. Anyway, I shall continue. So that went on for a while, and I was having a really hard time. So I wasn't really able to listen to as many feelings as he really clearly needed to, and that went on for quite some while. It was very, very painful. So I think, I think for me, I, I wish it hadn't happened in some ways, but I'm so grateful it did because I have so much compassion for parents who have children that do hit or bite or you know in in that mode because I really know what it's like from the inside and how hard it can be and. A lot of my own powerlessness came up. A lot of my power over came up. So it was hard and painful, but I'm grateful for the for the learning because it means I really understand what that's like. And I actually mm. thought he would never, I, I kind of, it was almost like I'd lost him. Mm. You know, the loving, soft connection that we'd had. And he he completely stopped crying for some while. And we worked through it and I did a lot of my own inner work and uh, in a lot of my own processing and I came out the other side and I helped him come out the other side. So he, he, he stopped hitting you know, without ever, you know, it wasn't through punishments and through telling him to stop hitting. He came out the other side because he started to cry again. He mm-hmm. regained that capacity to cry. And as that happened, he completely stopped hitting and and headbutting again and it was really some of the most wonderful moments for me because it was literally like I I have my boy back again and he Mm. is that again now he's you know gentle and he freely Mm. expresses his feelings he's very you know with our with our dog he's very gentle and soft so uh, and I really love sharing that story to know that even if um, people listening they may have a son who is younger and who is uh, showing these aggressive things that it really is possible to help them regain the capacity to express those feelings in healthy ways mm. so that they do stop mm. the aggression and you know it's, for me it was one of the most beautiful things that, that he regained mm. that capacity and it, it, lo- it's very freely will cry now if he needs to which I'm so mm. happy about 
It's so beautiful, Mary. And, it, you know, it, it is, we always talk about this, the trusting of the journey, don't we? That <laughs> it is, it's exactly where it needs to be for whatever it is that we're moving. It just, it happens. Yeah. And it gives us these beautiful learnings within it. Yeah. You know, I do. I absolutely love that as well. And, and, you know, I was just thinking about too, you know, mainly because I do a lot of work with teens, you know, there's yes. often in the teen years, which can be challenging when, particularly with boys when there's more freedom, when they're, they're bigger, there's some, you know, before you know it, they're taller than you, there can be a lot of energy. That yep. can be really scary for, um, if, and I'm just talking more from a, a mother's perspective to yes. try and hold or yes. to match on some level. That can yes. feel really, really big. And I shall know, be coming me, to you, Lael, <laughs> in a year or two. I'll be like, Lael. <laughs> Look, it's not all boys, but, you know, sometimes that's a that's a really normal part of what it can be. You know, we yes. all have a shadow and we all have stuff that comes out. Yes. And I do remember one time when Kai got really mad about something and I remember being like, whoa, this is really big to hold. It really rocked me for a bit. Yes. And and it, what it did do, and I think this is what my point is within this, what it really did do is it made me really look at what my relationship was like to the masculine yes. and to the inner masculine yeah. particularly. Yeah. And, again, I was it, when he did start to get a bit big in his energy because he was bigger now and he was, you know, a teenager, it, it was kind of like, oh, my God, this is dangerous or this feels scary, you know. And, and again, he just had big feelings that he had to shift and move. Yeah. But... What it made me afterwards, we kind of moved through that. I just kind of went, whoa, okay, where do I sit within that yes. masculine within me? And what has my imprint around the masculine been as well? So, yeah. again, you know, this is this can be a bit of a wormhole that you can go down. But, but looking at who your father was in your life and what did that imprint of the masculine look like? And, you know, my father was a very, very gentle man. Like he, he probably repressed a lot of his feelings. He would, he was never, he would never really, you know, get angry so much with us or he would, um, you know, he was never harsh in any way, but he was also quite, you know, a lot of his feelings he shut down. And so I didn't really have much experience of what anger looked like. So when it kind of was starting to rise a bit, I just, I got really scared. And then I kind of went, Oh, all right. So what does this look like for me? Where, what, part do I need to explore within it and it was a really interesting time in my life because I had to really explore for myself okay what is my relationship to the masculine you know within myself and then to my husband and then to big feelings and it asked me to learn to hold even bigger to hold you know we talk about this this spaciousness of all the feelings you know I'm like give me a raging four-year-old any day I'm like yeah Yeah. let's go I could totally sit in that but a raging 14 year old I was like oh okay there's another edge and again it came back I kept coming back to what if he was four what would he need you know and at 14 he needs the same thing which is me to be really anchored and to take a deep breath and to be able to hold that space for him to see behind what's going on you know, what these big feelings may be coming out for in those moments. Because, yes. you know, again, even though we talk about a lot of beautiful things in um, this podcast about our children, I really have to flag, it is not all roses, right? There's been lots of crap and there's been lots of hard bits. And yes. and the only way I think I'm getting to this point of, of feeling, I have the relationships I, I do with my kids, which I feel really beautiful, is because... I had to be pushed to the edges of looking at the work and my pain and all that kind of stuff. And that often only happens when we, (laughs) when things feel really hard, (laughs) just really, really hard. And, you know, I think that, that again, when we're talking about raising boys as a mother, you know, we, 
I think part of the bigger picture is also looking at our own relationship to the masculine energy, to the imprints we had. You know, yes. We have to look at that as well yeah. because that does have an impact then in how we respond to boys or men. Massive impact, doesn't it? And, you know, mm. I, I really love that you talked as well about your dad in terms of being quite repressed. So, again, I really love bringing to the forefront of the listener's mind that in Aware Parenting, there's really basically the three ways of with feelings Hello, Obi. There's um, <laughs> this, no, this podcast is called Raising Boys and Dogs. <laughs> oh, funny. I kind of see it like the three things. Yeah, you know, I love the models. In the middle is is is, is healthy expression. So we're really talking about healthy expression of feelings, whether that's more the grief and the sadness or more the frustration and and the outrage. And those are that there are really healthy ways for babies children teens and adults to express those feelings and if those don't get expressed in healthy ways there's only two other options one is repression <laughs> which mm-hmm. is going to show up in children as you know maybe them being the child who is who is the one that gets met perhaps pushed around at school or or um you know doesn't speak up doesn't say no maybe has their thumb in their mouth a lot or a dummy or a pacifier or doesn't speak up when they're being treated in ways or it's very quiet, or those kinds of things. Or there's a, or there's aggression, which is the in younger children perhaps the hitting or the the pushing or the biting or throwing, and perhaps older children the harsh words or the you know the those ways that that are using power over. So the more we can go on our own journey, which is us getting having more capacity to be comfortable with our own feelings, the expression, the healthy and beautiful expression of our own feelings. And being able to stay present with those in our bodies, the more we're going to be able to have that capacity to stay present in our bodies with our children, whether they are crying, feeling deeply disappointed, you know, in a big, big, big cry, or they're feeling really frustrated or outraged about something, and to be able to be with them in that. Because the more we can, the more capacity we have. And particularly in terms of this topic, you know, with our boys in both their tears and their tantrums, the less likely those feelings are going to accumulate and accumulate in their bodies and lead either to repression, which of course we know and there's lots of researchers and I'm not up on all the on the numbers, but you know, men and alcohol and drugs and ways they use to, to repress mm. their painful feelings or aggression which is the power over which on a bigger level and collective level we see all over the planet in terms of yes. power over other people uh, yes nature women all of that stuff so so we can if yeah all of that so we come back to that the really powerful thing that you're doing anytime you are listening with loving compassion to your child's tears or tantrums whatever ways those are showing up with compassion with clarity you are helping the planet i know that makes sound a little bit corny but i really believe it's true because mm. we're helping that next generation to be less mm. likely to need to repress feelings and by the way i think a whole culture is also set up on repression isn't it the whole consumerist culture is like well you know we need more stuff and we need more this and more that because there's you know that represses the feelings or mm-hmm. or aggression and and you know more more people who can actually be lovingly present with themselves which is what they internalize from the way we're treating them yes. more, the more you know we're not going to be 
burning the rainforest down basically <laughs> yes i hear you and i think yeah I, I love all of that and you know for for people listening i guess if you have sons and you're thinking about okay what you know what is it that i'm gonna what can i do like exactly what marion said the listening to the feelings all the feelings looking at your own work you know how that feels for you those imprints for you but also you know I, i'm a big fan of i guess particularly as they move through puberty or through you know these different changes you know we do seem to have a few more rites of passage for females than we do for males oh, yes. and um, you know, so I mean, it's usually marked a little bit more with menstruation and stuff like that as girls move through puberty. Yeah. But for boys, there's less. You know, well, it is. You know, we usually it's it's you know we, it's a gradual process. But they usually say for a female, it's when she bleeds for the first time. Yeah. And for a male, it's when he you know he um, you know ejaculates for the first time, which could yeah. be a wet dream or it could be you know masturbating or something like that. And that's a little bit less like uh easy to private, spot right yes yes <laughs> it's awkward going how's that going for you darling have you done that yet <laughs> by the way did you watch that amazing thing on netflix what was it called did you watch that show sex oh, education yes yes <laughs> i cannot tell you how many people sent me <laughs> my daughter the mum who is the sex educator my daughter just kept sending me memes of her going oh to you mum oh look it's you oh this mum <laughs> I even had a friend sending me pictures of it because they're going, oh, Lyle, that's you. Because <laughs> yeah. um, I've taught all her friends sex ed, which, is, um, which has been so fun. Um, so, yeah, that's a bit awkward. Probably I don't suggest doing that. <laughs> but, um, you know, but I think they also still need that rite of passage, you know, which is something that, again, you know, we've lost all that beautiful ceremony uh, stuff that we used to have a long time and it really was powerful. Yeah. And I think that in itself some form of ceremony for young boys yes. whether that is to go camping with other men whether yeah. it's something that you know in many other tribes it was the time where the young boy had to go out and you know slay something you know or do stay out overnight or or do something that was about welcoming him into his manhood and, and I think we've completely lost that and and however that could look you know, for a young boy, I think if we can find ways in our culture yeah. these days, that would be very, very, very powerful so, so that he, you know, is he's surrounded by other men and he's in his stories and he's exposed to that. And yeah. I think that's very, very powerful, you yeah. know, for young boys to have that opportunity to do that. And I, I wish that there was more of that, you know, out there for, for young boys. Yeah, it's mm. happening around here. We live in quite an alternative place around here and there's quite a lot of of um, boys and men camps, mm. initiation ritual. Well, it's beautiful. I also think of the, the haka as well, you know, when you were talking about sports and I think that would have been those kinds of things that I think were, again, when we were, before we were, all, most of us colonised, colonialised, there would have been much more, you know, around the fire, dancing you know that real strong expression of that those beautiful feelings of that you know that life yeah. energy that we all have whether they're we're boys girls men women whatever you know that that beautiful natural expression that again in this this western culture is you know it's so you know there's just not much space is there where that's really welcomed and celebrated, celebrated. Yeah. <sighs> life that's energy <laughs> yeah that's it yeah yeah it, well look the only way that it's seen as healthy often is in sport and unfortunately i think we've, we're off track without particularly something like australian rules and those kind of things because yeah. it, it 
it's not necessarily a healthy expression of it, but it's seen yep. as, um, it's, it's seen as, oh, well, you know, that, um, I've lost my words. It's, it's okay. Like, you know, for men to be aggressive yes. in that field or, you know, it's something that's acceptable. That was the word. It's acceptable. Yep. <laughs> it's acceptable on, on those kind of fields, but you know, there's still a lot that's missing within that. So I, I agree with you that we, on some level, we need to be holding our young men, yeah. you know, in a different container, you know, by other really, you know, anchored men to guide them and show them because for a lot of young boys, they don't have that guide at all. And it's really, really deeply needed Yes, you know, yeah. from the feminine, but they also deeply need it from the masculine as well. Definitely. Yeah. I'd love to show a few words about, um, my children's dad and what I really honor about all that he's done. He did a lot of men's work. So um, before we, we got together, he'd done a lot of men's work in London and he'd done a lot of ritual around literally they would get gathered together as men and do rituals like burying themselves up to the neck and just wailing and crying. And, and I think for him, that's why he found aware parenting really easy in terms of listening to feelings. Cause he had really done that. And he really shared, he shared one experience where He'd, he'd, and this would happen with the men where they were really invited to to do big expressions of feelings if they if they wanted to, and he went into this big, you know, that expression of that rah, that that mm. outrage. And I can't remember how many men, but he said there were some like nine or ten or twelve or something men literally holding him so that he could have that mm. expression yeah. of feelings. And 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 you know, to think for men if they haven't been, you know, if when they were boys they didn't ever have someone just say I'm here with you and I can be with you I I am here with you whilst you feel your biggest feelings and I'm gonna I feel completely comfortable with your rage and your frustration and I am right here and I am listening but then mm. they, they've never had that space of their big feelings being held and contained and, and I can only imagine what it'd be like to be a, um, a man who's perhaps in a you know quite a big strong body to be quite scared of that that natural beautiful energy of of you know to actually get to express that so you know i really i really second what you say that we we just we just need more men doing men's work and crying and boys and teens and just really to to bring back the the celebration and the honoring of of the masculine and big feelings in the masculine in healthy, 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 beautiful ways so that they don't come out in these really distorted ways that we see in our culture. Yes. And look, you know, quite rightly, you know, we, the feminine has the same, you know, oh, we have yeah. the same yeah. as well. Yes. We'll do another podcast on that. Yes, <laughs> let's do one on that. Yeah. And ours we, often comes out in more indirect ways, isn't it? You know, our power yes. over can be, you know, we can use power over in, we, oh, without yes. lifting a finger. We, <laughs> oh, we don't even yes. have to raise a sweat. <laughs> raise an eyebrow. <laughs> so, yeah, Look at we're, all like, we're done for you. <laughs> we are all these things you know we are so human we are like the light and the dark and we're flawed and we're all so fabulous and yeah we're all of these things so yeah so this is you know men, we love men we love men we love so much you know, I, I just you know i'm just I, i'm surrounded by beautiful men in my life i feel so blessed and Yay. i just see such richness in men for sure and and my heart really feels for them all the time because I, I i'm privileged to um, have men share a lot of their pain with me in, in my work and I see the vulnerability and pain and, you know, and I just, I just, we're all doing the same thing. We've yeah. all got these 
pain that we're needing to work through, you know, and so I just applaud any man that's, you know, willing, has the courage to go there and do it. Yes. Yeah. Needed. We're, really, we're really working within these bigger cultural constraints and, mm-hmm. and cultural conditioning is really powerful. That's why it takes a lot to, to be shifting it in these ways. That's it. That's so it. So our offerings for you for this, um, this podcast is, um, you know, for me, I, I would love to offer for you guys to just tune into what was your imprint around the masculine? Was it a healthy imprint around the masculine? Um, you know, and, and like to use Marion's term of beautiful inner loving father where does that sit for you in your own journey or what was your imprint around your father or around the masculine and does that need some work on that or do you need to lean into that a little bit especially if you're raising well i think no matter who you're raising it's important because we're the balance of it we're the masculine and feminine um so you know what does that look like for you that would be my invitation to explore and for you marion um i think mine would be the same (laughs) Oh, and also, I remember you were saying about how do you feel about boys' aggression? Yeah, like, uh, so if you do have a boy or even if you don't have a boy, because I think people, parents who don't have boys are, are equally important because, again, it's how, how you're talking to your girls about boys is also really important. Um, yeah, how do you feel if your boy cries or if your boy feels frustrated or outraged what happens for you what do you tell yourself what do you feel what goes on in your body and uh, do you need some extra support around being with that and processing that so that you have that capacity to be with his tears and his Mm. and his frustration and and to really, I, I think for me is is really loving limits. You know, to for us to really get loving limits as parents, I think can be one of the most important things, so that we can say, if a boy or a girl is hitting or biting or throwing or acting in harsh ways to others, that we can say, really clear what I call them the neo no, really clear no in a way that isn't uh, punishing or aggressive or any of those things. But it's a clear no and it's a big yes to the underlying feeling. So that would be the other thing. If if that feels if you, if you if you don't yet know how to do that, my invitation would be to to see to to play in play with loving limits. We have also got a podcast on loving limits. If you would like to mm-hmm. listen to that, if you haven't already, mm. yes. Mm, yeah good good and you know what i love about that is those that's where what we're inviting is those three levels which i always love looking at the levels so number one is that internal relationship we have with the masculine with our fathers with our lineage around the masculine and those kinds of energies um Mm. what was the other thing (laughs) and the other one was around our boys how we are with them Mm. and and our outer relationships as well with men with masculine with partners whatever it is so looking at those three levels can be really helpful because they're usually really interrelated Mm, absolutely and you know we always you know obviously love Aletha Salter's work so checking out Tears and Tantrums you know is a beautiful book particularly for that kind of two to you know or one to nine to ten year old age group and and cooperative and connected also um you know fantastic and I'd also check out um Dan Siegel's book Brainstorm there's some if for people who love sciencey stuff some really good stuff in there about the brain and dopamine and hormones and teenagers you know there's some good things in that book around just development you know i found has been very useful to understand you know in um, in raising my teens so um that's a good book too so we'll put all those links in the show notes 
I actually think I would um, invite you to have a look at my the masterclass I've got on powerlessness, power over and power with, because we go into quite a few of the things that we've been talking about today. Mm-hmm. And that would be really powerful. For, um, and particularly if, you know, if they want to know how to work with that, particularly the power over thing. Yes. Power with. I yeah. highly recommend Marion's course. So good. Thank you, lovely. So, good. <laughs> so thank you for being here. We'd love you to rate us and do all the things, you know, write a review. <laughs> we always say this at the end. We never know what it is. Um, tell everybody about it. Tell all your friends to come and listen. <laughs> for us. That would be awesome. Thank you. Yeah. We want to we wanna help the whole, with the whole planet so that, that really there's this, that we reclaim feelings as healthy expression so that there is that we don't we don't need to have so much of the repression and the aggression let's let's reclaim mm. feelings as beautiful things yes yes uh, amen <laughs> <laughs> oh, so thank you all for being here with us we look forward to talking to you next time so much love to you all Bye. Thanks for joining us on the Aware Parenting Journey. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Aware Parenting Podcast. You can find more about Lael at www.laelstone.com.au or find Marion at www.marionrose.net. We wish you much compassion and grace on your parenting journey.